This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And, you know, it's like every week something happens in, in U of A world. You know, Shane and I brought this podcast back in August. And we're like, oh, you know, there's no sports going on at the time being. Will we have any sports? Since then, we've had, let's see, two coaching changes, uh, a, a national championship uh, appearance from the uh, national championship game appearance from the women's basketball team, which was unexpected. And now the women's softball team. Is in the uh, is going to Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to have a an Arizona softball legend who's also an assistant coach on the show. Shane will tell you more about that. And we're going to talk about the men's baseball draw. So it's a softball, baseball, college World Series type show. Shane, let's talk about the women's softball team first. I mean, I'll be honest. You made the pick last week saying Arkansas was going to win. I, I didn't disagree with you. So I didn't I didn't make a pick because we know my my record of making. Picks I was giving good. you a chance to look smart, Eric, and you didn't take it. That's the problem. No, I didn't. But I, I want to say this, Shane. You know, I I've I've been rough on Candrea on, on Coach Mike Candrea, saying you know he's not among the best coaches uh, at, currently at the University of Arizona, even though he's the greatest all time coach to ever coach a sport at the at, at U of A. I, I'm wrong. He still has it, and and he proved it this weekend by beating a really good Arkansas team in Fayetteville. Uh, really glad to see these girls advance to Oklahoma City once again. Yeah, I, I, and like I said on Twitter, Eric, my prediction of Arkansas uh, be defeating Arizona was for motivational purposes only because I know that every member of that softball team is a devoted listener to Wildcat Country, and they're going to use of this total bulletin more material, and it worked. It worked like a charm. So uh, you're welcome, and we'll just leave it at that. I don't expect anything else. Just, you know, not even a thank you. I said you're welcome. We're good. Uh, as, I... I uh, all seriousness, I, I, I was stunned. I was stunned that uh, stunned. I would not quite as stunned as I was that when the women's team, when the women's basketball team uh, defeated uh, Texas A&M in the end to get the final four, I was stunned not necessarily that they won, but they did it in such convincing fashion. I mean, the, the second game was was a bit touch and go for a while, but by the end of it, it was pretty much a, a done deal. The first game, they destroyed Arkansas 10 to 4. And, you know, I, I think this time of year it comes down to pitching. And I mentioned that, you know, Arkansas, their top two pitchers, and, and I think the pitcher on Saturday is named Autumn Storms, which is perfect. Uh, but they were, in terms of statistics, better than Arizona's top two pitchers. And it wasn't that close, really. And I think this time of year it usually comes down to pitching. And Arizona just, uh, their bats just got hot at the right time. And, and full credit to them. I didn't think it was going to happen. I love that it did. I'm very happy for the seniors who had to all wait you know, after last year and in, in the pandemic, and they all decided to come back. Like I told us before the season, it was a no-brainer to come back. But you know, between that and it was sort of a rough season, at least for Arizona standards and their expectations, and then to go into Fayetteville and just whoop the, the Razorbacks like they did, I was maybe stunned isn't the right word. Surprised, pleasantly surprised that not only that they, they won, but they did it in uh, in a two-game sweep, and, and they got to take the next day off and. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I love being wrong. I'll, I'll pick, keep picking against them if they can keep doing this. It's just, you know, it's amazing, Shane. Just the uh, all this all this stuff happening in the spring. We've got, 
you've got the women's basketball team going on a, you know, ended the regular season kind of blah. And then they go and they make a run to the national championship game one shot away. You got the women's softball team who we were like, well, they didn't end the regular season that great. They were really not that great of a road team, about 500 on the road. Uh, UCLA takes three out of four at home. We're like, okay, well, if they if they get to the second round of the of the NCAA tournament, you know, make it to super regionals, cool. That's that's great. And now they're going to Oklahoma City, and their draw is not great. Now we're gonna have on. I tease this at the beginning of the show. Uh, Taryn Moat McKinney uh, is going to join us. She's an assistant coach for the team, but she's also uh, a legend uh, when it comes to Arizona athletics. What she did in 2007, where she was the uh, national championship pitcher and the uh, women's college world series MVP. So uh, she's going to join us. We're going to ask her more about this. But Shane, looking at the draw with Alabama, the three seed, and then if you win that, UCLA, the two seed, that's that's brutal. I'm not going to lie. Arizona's got a really tough draw. And at this point, I'm just happy they got there. I, I, I think anything above this is, you know, if they advance further, it's it's kind of like, you know, free money, house money. I, I was really hoping Virginia Tech was going to get rid of UCLA. Um, they, they, uh, they won the first game. Yeah, and then UCLA won the last two. So that was the kind of the chance to get rid of the Bruins because uh, we, we saw what UCLA did to Arizona a couple of weeks ago. They took three out of four in Tucson. Uh, so I, I think the Bruins are probably the favorite. But look, you know, we talked about how rare it is for major upsets to occur in the women's basketball tournament, right? And and for Arizona to advance the championship game as a three seed was remarkable. It just it rarely happens. Rarely did, did teams uh, pull those kinds of upsets uh, multiple games in a row, including over UConn once they got there. Upsets are a bit more common in the Women's College World Series. Uh, five seeds, six seeds, ten seeds have all won the whole thing. Uh, the lowest seed to ever win uh, was 10 seed Oklahoma in 2017. Uh, they knocked off mm -hmm. top-seeded Florida in the championship series. Now, uh, Arizona advanced to the championship rounds a 10 seed in 2010, and they lost to number five UCLA. Um, so Arizona now is the 11 seed. They would be the lowest seed, I believe, to ever win it all, but not by much. The precedent is there where if you get hot at the right time, it's not – a shock to see the one, you know, if top seed Oklahoma or two seed UCLA gets knocked out, it wouldn't be quite the stunner as say like top seeded UConn or top seeded Stanford in the women's NCAA tournament. So uh, all bets are off at this point. And if the bats stay hot and, you know, Alyssa Denham and, and Hannah Bowen keep turning the performances that they do, you know, not, I'm not necessarily expecting them to shut down and any team they face there because they're all great, but, you know, they're able to turn in, you know, two-run, three-run performances give some of the seniors like Jesse Harper uh, a chance to to get hot with the bats. Uh, and Carly Scubin, by the way, a great freshman who's got an incredible future at Arizona, uh, had a big uh, uh, insurance hit uh, in that second game against Arkansas. Then uh, I don't see why they can't. I wouldn't pick him because I, you know, I just don't because I'm maybe because I'm, I'm a wet blanket or just because I just think there are other teams that are a little bit better. But at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if they won the whole thing at all. And I'm thrilled that they have the opportunity. Well, I think I think it's key. I mean, we'll see what they do against Alabama on Thursday. I think uh, the game is what four o'clock Arizona time on Thursday. Shane, is that right? Believe so. Yes. Yep. So, so Alabama, the three seed. If you can win that one, you're in the winners bracket. And then maybe let's say UCLA goes down. Uh, you know, in their first game uh, when they face uh, Florida State. So, I mean, you you never know. You you just you you beat Alabama, you get in the winners bracket. Now, obviously, you know we saw the 07 team. Uh, go in the losers bracket and and find their way to get to the the you know the final series the the best of three so it's not impossible but game one if they lose that you know it's the odds are so stacked against them this is not the 1980 Arizona baseball team who lost right away and, and reeled off seven or eight in a row 
I think, as you said, Shane, you know, we, we kind of talked about this with the, with the baseball team last week. You got to out-hit people to win games. You're not, you're probably not going to win with this team 2 nothing games. All that frequently. Right. Is, is that accurate? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I agree because this team is kind of interesting. It's really not like previous Arizona College World Series teams because typically the Wildcats have a clear number one uh, on, uh, as far as a pitcher goes, you know, whether it was Nancy Evans or Jenny Finch or Alicia Hollowell or Taryn Moat or Taylor McQuillan more recently. This year it's been by committee. It's been a one-two punch of Alyssa Denham and, and Hannah Bowen. Alyssa pitched a great game against Arkansas. Like I said, that second game, uh, she was lights out. We had her on the show a couple weeks ago. Thrilled for her as a uh, like fifth-year senior. Uh, but they have uh, Alyssa and Hannah have very remark, very similar stats. Um, their numbers aren't at the very top of the leaderboard this year in terms of overall uh, individual pitching in the NCAA softball. But if they get three, four runs of support in any given game, they can beat anyone. Um, so it's unlike previous Wildcat teams that have won the national championship. This team isn't going to win it all, like you said, with one nothing, two one games. This this team wins games more by the kinds of margins that we saw in Fayetteville, and uh, at least that first game. Uh, and the bats are going to have to stay hot if they have any chance to make a deep run in OKC. And and if they have a rematch with UCLA, they've they've got to they've got to keep it up yeah, because it, the road doesn't get any easier. Let's talk to someone who knows a lot about playing in Oklahoma City in the Women's College World Series. Taryn Moat McKinney going to join us here on Wildcat Country. When it comes to Arizona softball in Oklahoma City, there's one name that comes to mind for those of us over the last let's say 20 years. And that's Taryn Moat McKinney, who was the ultimate star in 2007. She was the uh, most valuable player of the uh, Women's College World Series, and she won an ESPY award, which is just amazing. She had an incredible run, and we'll talk to her about that. But now she's an assistant coach for the Wildcat softball team, and we're very glad to welcome her to Wildcat Country. Taryn, thanks for joining us. Uh, the team just went and swept Arkansas in that uh, three-game series down in Fayetteville. Did we really see that coming? I mean, where did this incredible postseason run come from after a kind of a slow end of the regular season? You know, um, I'm not surprised that we came here and um, took the two games, uh, the sweep of the Supers against Arkansas. Um, we the last couple of weeks, we've really um, been working on things and they're, they're finally coming together. I mean, throughout the whole season and the offseason, you're always working on things. In, with the end goal being playing your best softball um, at the end of the year and come postseason. And, and I think these last couple of weeks of postseason, things have really started finally coming together. And all these little um, bumps in the road that we had to go through because we were working on certain things and um, trying not to get frustrated with the process, um, knowing that uh, or having faith, I should say, not knowing for sure, because you never know for sure, but having faith that um, at the end of the season, it's all going to come together as long as you just keep with the process. Taryn, uh, run me through what was going through your mind as the Wildcats make that final out in Fayetteville and clinch a spot in, in the Women's College World Series. Um, that was that was so exciting. I mean, the first game, we definitely uh, had the run support, so it was a little bit easier of a game in terms of um, pitching with the lead. Um, and then that second game was a very tight game, and their pitcher threw an amazing game. Uh, I mean, her drop ball was breaking unbelievably, so we didn't really have a lot of room for error. Um, and we kind of knew, and you knew from the beginning of the game, you just it just had the feeling of more of a pitcher's duel. 
um, that it was going to be a tighter game. And um, I, I think that anywhere Arkansas scored their run, um, getting out of that inning, giving up just one run, um, even though they scored first, I felt like the momentum was on our side when we came in from that inning because it could have gone a completely different way um, with them having the bases loaded. So getting out of that inning, giving up just the one run, and then um, having uh, Alyssa hit the the two-run home run to take the lead, um, it, that was huge for us. And, and it, getting the extra insurance runs from Scoopin, that just going into the seventh inning um, really gave us a little bit of breathing room. Um, you're, you're never completely comfortable until the game is over and you're celebrating um, going to the World Series, but it gave us a little bit of breathing room um, to where we didn't have to throw absolutely perfect pitches um, and worry about giving up that home run because they do have a bunch of home runs uh, to tie the game and go extras. Um, and finishing a Supers in two games rather than three games definitely saves uh, our pitcher's arms. And we, we had Alyssa Denham on a couple of weeks ago, and she turned in a great performance against Arkansas. Um, she and Hannah Bowen have become a great one-two punch for the Wildcats. Uh, they both had great performances in Fayetteville. Uh, Mariah Lopez, Devin Nets have come up big in certain moments as well. What do you enjoy most about this particular pitching group? And did any of them remind you of yourself back in your playing days? The thing I love about this pitching group is um, they're all very, very different. Um, and they haven't all been on at the same time throughout the year. Um, we've had some that have been on this week and then they've had a down week and another pitcher has had to kind of step up their game and be on that weekend. So they've really um, kind of all worked together um, in knowing that it's not going to be one pitcher that's going to take us the whole way. And you've kind of seen throughout the season, um, we've had different, I guess, Friday night starters compared to uh, just week to week. And then um, come regionals, Mariah really stepped up and she you know, got the two wins against Ole Miss. And um, even Devin, you've seen glimpses of her throughout the year coming in in, in big moments um, and, and just getting that experience. So I, I've really enjoyed working with these pitchers in terms of um, just how they kind of, they know when somebody isn't at their best that they need to step up and they've kind of traded off with that. Um, so I think that's really been fun to work with them in, in those terms. And um, I think Bo would probably be the one that would remind me of myself the most, uh, probably because of her stature um, being shorter. Um, and so she, I mean, she would probably remind me of myself the most. And we kind of throw similar pitches or through similar pitches. I don't pitch anymore, but um, we, we have a similar repertoire of pitches. All right, I'm going to stick to the uh, cliche here, Taryn. Uh, tell me how this team in 2021 is comparable to your 07 team. I think this team has a lot of stars on it. Um, and I think our 07 team didn't have a, a ton of, you know, stars and big names. But as a team, um, everybody had their role and everybody kind of stepped up in the moment. And I think with this team, we have a lot of great athletes. Um, and I think at different times, we've had different players step up in the moment. Um, I think the similarity between this team and 07 is the senior leadership. Uh, this team obviously has more seniors. Um, 
you know, seven of them that are starters. Um, but in 07, our senior leadership with just the three seniors that we had um, in Caitlin, uh, Foxy and Chelsea, um, they were huge. And however they win and whatever they said that we needed to do, we did because we knew that they wanted to win and they had the best intentions and um, they worked hard. And, and I think that probably is a very big similarity between the, this 2021 team and that 2017. Have you had a chance to look at the draw? Now you're going up against Alabama on Thursday. And then if you win that one, it's probably another game against UCLA who with Rachel Garcia, has been an absolute powerhouse. What can you tell us about Alabama and just your side of the, of the bracket? Well, we're very familiar with our side of the bracket. Um, I mean, we played Alabama last year at their place. Um, they, we played them the year before at the World Series. Um, same thing, we just played UCLA and um, two years ago at the World Series, we played UCLA in that same round. And then we played Florida State in a three game series earlier this year. So we're very, very familiar uh, with our side of the bracket. Um, so that's always a good thing is having kind of that familiarity. Um, but, you know, everybody's kind of stepped up their game this year from um, the last year and even the beginning of this season. So you you see these teams progress and uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see um, how Alabama comes out and how they approach us um, compared to how they approached us last year, um, because we didn't face Montana Fouts last year in Tuscaloosa when we played them. So, Taryn, you've obviously uh, been under the bright lights in Oklahoma City in, in those big moments. Uh, some of the players on on this current team have, some haven't. What is it? Is it just a different feel when you get to Oklahoma City? And have you told some of those players who haven't been there what to expect and how to sort of calm their nerves and stay composed when they start uh, playing games there? Oklahoma City is a, an experience and a, just a feel, an electricity that um, – you can't explain, you can't fully explain unless you've been there. So you can try to put it into words and tell um, the players that have never played there before kind of what to expect. But until you've actually stepped foot on the field in front of the big crowds, um, and that just, it's an event. So it's more than just a game, it's, it's an event. People are planning their year around attending this tournament and um, it, it's hard to put it into words and that feeling that you get and that excitement that you get when you step on the field. And, and I think in 2019, that was one of the biggest things um, with that team was just getting that experience of being there. And now they know what it's like to be there. So it, it's they're more comfortable. And I think one of the things that um, helps us is they can kind of calm the freshmen that have never been there before um, and kind of you, you, they can just have that calming presence because they know what it's like. And that was kind of how it was when I was younger um, going in my freshman year. I had no idea what to expect, but the players on the team that were older, they had all been there before. So it was more just kind of follow their lead. <laughs> Taryn, one thing that's been a constant uh, in Tucson has been the fan support. Back from the time you were playing uh, until now, um, I'm sure it was tough not to be able to enjoy a packed stadium for most of the season, and then you had that support toward the end. From the time that you played at Arizona until now, 
what does the fan support, Tucson support for Wildcat softball meant to, to the teams you've played on and coached? The fan support, uh, I haven't seen anything like it across the country. I mean, we've gone to some places where they have had great fan support, um, but it's a little bit different in different parts of the country. And the fans that we have here in Tucson, um, they they've really followed the players from when they've come in as 18 year olds and they continue to follow them as they grow up um, and become adults. And then um, even when they're in their forties, these fans, they get involved and they love Arizona softball and they love the players that come through the program, whether they're still playing here or whether they've graduated and you can always count on that support. And, I think throughout the year, not having the packed house that we normally do, um, we kind of had to learn to generate our own excitement because um, years past, we haven't really had to do that. The fans have generated the excitement and they've given us the advantage um, just by intimidating the other teams when they walk into the stadium. And so having to kind of generate that ourselves I think the girls have learned how to do that. And then when we played in front of the packed house, that was one of the loudest games um, I've ever heard at Hillenbrand. Um, the fans were, they were amazing. They were loud the whole game, especially after the big strikeout um, that Mariah had. That was, it, it gave me chills hearing it because it, it had been so long since we had heard that moment. <laughs> Let's go back to 2007. You're on the podcast. We have to ask you about it. You went from really good pitcher to national star in pretty much a week and a half, two weeks. Just talk about the run you went on when winning the national championship. And then the next month afterwards, you're winning ESPY awards. You're on SportsCenter. Every, I mean, explain what that, all, that whole experience, what that was like. That experience is, it's one of the best experiences of experiences of my life. I mean, um, being able to win a national championship with your best friends is amazing. And then the coverage that our sport had started getting at that point, um, with all of our games being on ESPN, um, it, it all kind of came together and put us in that spotlight. And it really, uh, us kind of being in, put into the loser's bracket in the, during this or losing the second game and going into the loser's bracket and having to play every single day. Well, if you turned on the TV, we were playing. Um, and so I, I think we had a lot of support because we were the team everybody was seeing on TV because we did play every day um, of that World Series. And so it, it just made for a really good story, um, I think. And I think fans like a good story. And then for us to come out on top um, in a, a great series against Tennessee uh, and then to take it to three games, that was, you know, it always helps ratings. And um, and I think that really, you know, propelled um, the SBs and being able, being fortunate to get invited to that and then winning um, and then having to give a speech uh, unexpectedly uh, and just kind of, that was a little terrifying, but I I really enjoyed my experience. I got to meet a lot of amazing people um, that they probably won't remember who I am, but I remember meeting them. So <laughs> I'll never forget that. Well, and the one thing that was so amazing about your run is you threw every pitch. I mean, it was, what was it, like over a thousand pitches when it was all said and done? 
how did your arm not fall off that that whole week and a half, two weeks? I mean, that was just an incredible performance. It was a lot of pitches and, um, you know, it was tiring. And I tell anybody who ever asks me, um, at, at one point, you just, you don't have a choice. You just keep going. So um, you kind of, you start, the adrenaline gets you going. You pitch those first couple games. And then um, there's always that day, about day three or four, that's the worst. And I, I remember being exhausted, incredibly sore. Um, I could barely, not I could barely walk, but it just, it took a lot of extra effort um, because everything just felt heavy. And of course that was a, a day that we played a day game. Um, so that was great. Um, but then when you get past that day, it's like everything else feels great. You kind of just go numb. The worst day is over um, and everything else feels great. And you know that you have the entire summer to rest. <laughs> So, Taryn, Mike Andrea, needless to say, a legend in the softball world, maybe the biggest name uh, in it. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get a statue at Hill and Brand at, at some point. Give us an, in some insight into his personality, because we really don't get to, to know Mike Andrea really well outside of softball. He's kind of a private guy. Do you have any story that you could tell us or like any kind of glimpse into his personality we might not know? Um, the one thing I was really surprised to find out when I came back as a coach um, was that he's actually kind of funny. Um, he has a very dry humor, but it's hilarious. And you don't always catch his little under his breath jokes. And as a player, I didn't think he was funny. I thought he was terrifying. Um, but um, now is when I come back, he says some things under his breath. I'm like, oh, that was actually kind of funny. And I get it now. And I think um, as his career has gone on, and you know he, he's been here i think 36 years i believe um 35 36 years i think he's really opened up a lot more um with the players and kind of letting them into his personal life and i think that it helps that he now lives in tucson i, I know for the first half of his coaching career he was commuting from casa grande so it, it's hard to um get to know him on a personal level when he's not around other than the softball field. But now, I mean, the girls get to know him and his family and he's very um, open and giving life lessons. And you can always count on getting a life lesson from him every week. Um, and so I, I think um, I think the girls enjoy getting to know him now. I went to high school in Casa Grande, so I know all about that drive. It's not a fun one or an exciting one. Uh, my last question for you, Taryn, and we appreciate you taking time. I know you got you got a flight to catch pretty soon to Oklahoma City. Tell us a little about your your future goals. Are you looking to become a head coach at the collegiate level at some point? Um, you know, that's always an interesting question because I think goals change. I mean, I never my goal to even get into coaching wasn't a thing when I was younger. I didn't think that I wanted to be a coach. I kind of fell into it um, and realized that I enjoyed it. Um, as of right now, no, I don't have any aspirations of being a head coach. I really, I really like the relationship that I get to have with the pitchers. Um, and I think that that relationship changes a little bit when you are a head coach, just for, with time demands and um, 
being in charge of everybody. And I think the one thing that I really, really enjoy about being a pitching coach is that I get to spend all of my time in the bullpen with them. Um, and, and I get a lot of that extra time before practice or after practice. And I don't think you get that same um, amount of time when you're the head coach. Um, that could be because I'm not the most organized person. Um, I bet there are head coaches that are also pitching coaches that are like, oh, you can do it all easily. And I spend just, they could say, I spend just as much time with their pitchers. I'm not as organized, I don't think. And so um, I would be running around like crazy if I was a head coach and the pitching coach. But I really enjoy the relationship that I get to have with the pitchers and catchers in the bullpen um, away from practice. And because uh, we throw a lot of our bullpens before practice. And so um, being out there kind of one-on-one um, where they feel comfortable and relaxed to do what we love, pitch, play softball, but also ask questions and just have that time. Um, I really cherish that part of being a just a pitching coach rather than um, the head coach. Well, Taryn, we really appreciate you joining us. Glad to finally have you on Wildcat Country. Uh, you are a legend always for uh, what you did at the University of Arizona in 2007. And we're glad to have you on the staff and, and glad to see that uh, your team is back in Oklahoma City. Best of luck this, these upcoming next few weeks. Bring home another one, won't you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really glad to have Taryn on the show with us. Uh, great to catch up with her. I've really wanted to talk to her for a long time. I mean, just a really heroic performance uh, that she put forth back in 07. I mean, you know, seeing all the national exposure we got out of that ESPN and SB awards, everything like that, just very cool to hear her recollections of it, Shane. And, you know, she seems real positive about, uh, about her team, you know, as she should be. So maybe I can change my tune and pick them to win a couple games here in Oklahoma City. Did she do a good sell job on you? Yeah, no, no I'm in all seriousness, she, she's right. They're, they're hitting the right note at the right time. Let's remember, this team was ranked, I think, number two or number three in the country, depending on what poll you were looking at early in the season. There's a reason for that. They had a lot of senior leadership. They still do, obviously. And and it's about peaking at the right time, and maybe this team is, is doing that. We saw that in um, in regionals in Tucson, and then they, they had the big rally against Old Miss, and then they they knocked out Arkansas like they were nothing, really. It was it – was, Remarkable. So uh, it was great. Catch I, first time I've had a chance to talk to Taryn Moat. It was great catching up with her. I remember watching that 07 series uh, when she just dominated. And um, it, it gives me a lot of hope that, that they, they might be able to make a run. I'm thrilled they even got this far, especially for the seniors who had to sit out last year and wait and see if they're going to have a chance to play again this year. They got to play in front of a full house. I'm glad that if nothing else, they were able to end their collegiate careers uh, with a trip to Oklahoma City. And to me, whatever else happens, happens. All right, Shane, we teased it at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're talking about College World Series. And so now it's time to talk about the men's team who had an interesting weekend. They took two out of three from, uh, was it Dixie State? Is that right? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, team, I don't even know where that is. Yeah, I don't know where they, they are. Well, they, it's, in, it's in Utah. They play in the WAC with GCU. Okay. They're one of the new teams okay. in that in that uh, that conference. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows that, Eric. Come on. Uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it's yeah. I'll tell you what, Eric, this team's – as good as they've been, they they tend to play at the level uh, the level of their competition, don't they? Um, you know, like last weekend we saw them uh, beat Oklahoma, Oregon State in Corvallis, rallied to win that game and clinch the Pac-12. 
great win. Oregon State's a fantastic team. They usually have a great baseball team. But they've also had the rally to beat some some not so good teams, including Dixie State, which was I mean they'd lost that one game in the series, almost lost the second one. That was their worst loss of the year. They had the rally uh, to beat uh, a crazy it was a crazy seventeen sixteen win over Washington, Washington, which finished toward the bottom of the Pac twelve. Uh, so they have a great record. They're having a great year, but they you do kind of a blind test. You look at the scores of these games. You think you couldn't really tell who they're playing because they tend to play the, le- the level of their competition. And hopefully at this point in the season, hopefully that continues because uh, they did not get a, uh, a very favorable draw, in my opinion, uh, in the Tucson Regional. All right. Well, for, you're going to talk about the Tucson Regional. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead um, just for a second. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's have you talk about it because I'm going to rant about the NCAA and their garbage uh, selection process. But let, why don't you start by explaining why the Tucson Regional is so difficult? Well, if you look at the RPI – just RPI. Uh, the committee didn't do Arizona any favors. Uh, you know, they got a five seed overall, which is about where they should be. I think they could have gotten a six, and that would have been fine. If you look at the teams in their in their uh, draw, Oklahoma State has an RPI of fourteen, just five spots below Arizona. Uh, they had the tick, the sixth toughest schedule in college baseball. They've won eleven of their last fourteen games. Baseball America had their final projection, where if the top sixteen teams are the only teams that are seeded. But if the seven, if if there were, were a number seventeen seed, according to Baseball America, it would have gone to Oklahoma State. So that tells you that they're probably a bit underseeded and underrespected, and the, and the committee did not do Arizona any favor by sending them to Tucson. You look at the other two teams. Uh, UC Santa Barbara has an RPI of fifty one. Uh, they have a the best ERA of the four teams uh, in that draw. And then uh, yeah, GCU, which uh, split two games with Arizona. Uh, they beat the Wildcats in Phoenix a couple months ago. Wildcats blew them out in Tucson. That's the first matchup that Arizona has. It's against GCU. So it's going to be tough. If the Wildcats uh, advance past uh, this regional, they will have earned it for sure. Yeah, I, I think they – I mean, I'm confident. I, I would be shocked. How about this? If they if they don't make it out this weekend. You know, I don't want to guarantee anything because that's, that's a jinx. I would be shocked. I, I think this team just plays so well at home. And, and then assuming that they uh, were to win this weekend, they would face uh, – the winner of the Ole Miss Regional, which is Ole Miss South Southeast Missouri State, I think it is, uh, Southern Miss and Florida State. So, you know, a pretty good draw there. But after that, Shane, if they were to win all of that and they were to get to Omaha, who would they play first? Very likely the team we were talking about last week, and that's Vanderbilt. Right. And they will probably go against one of two pitchers who's going to be drafted in the top five, either Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker. Rocker. So that's that's really brutal. Now, if you if they were to advance past that, then they would likely play the number one overall seed in Arkansas. So actually, Arizona, in getting the four or five seed, got hosed. They really got hosed. I would rather they had gotten the seven or the six or maybe the three, but they probably didn't deserve the three at that point. They To get the five really was kind of a, a host job here, Shane. You know what, Eric? I really don't mind that so much because you know what? At some point, if you want to win the Natty, you got to beat some good teams. Okay, it's so- sooner rather than later. You got to beat some of the best teams. So I I get what you're saying, but if the committee thought Arizona was the number five team in the country, then seat them number five. I don't care. And you know, if they can't beat Vanderbilt in the first round of the College World Series, if they get there, they're not going to be able to beat them later. So or beat the, any whoever they face in the championship. Uh, no, game. no, wait a second. No, wait. No, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. And let me tell you why I disagree with that. So right. Vanderbilt is one with two elite pitchers. 
So let's say you face them in game three after both of those pitchers have pitched. You're not going up against an ace. Sure, but I, I don't think you can expect the, the the selection committee to try to think that many steps ahead and think, you know, we should really do those guys in Arizona solid and considering you, you, you can't you just can't do I understand I understand exactly what you're saying. I understand that they got a tough draw. I'm just saying that I, I to at a certain point I don't think you can expect the selection committee to go out and do so many favors for, for your team. I I do think that they got a rough draw in Tucson specifically. Beyond that I, I don't care so much because, again, they're going to have to beat some great teams if they, if they want to win the whole thing. But I, I think that assuming it comes down to Arizona and Oklahoma State, that's going to be tough because OK State has, has been just as hot as Arizona recently, if not more so. And they're, they've played one of the toughest schedules in the country, even more so than Arizona. So that's going to be tricky. I will mention this, though. I want to mention this. Uh, credit to uh, Justin Spears of the Daily Star who pointed out this stat. Only six times in NCAA history has a university had its women's basketball team advance to the final four and its softball team advance to the women's college world series in the same mm. season. Arizona just became the sixth. Now three times I did a little research beyond that just to see three oh, times okay. of the three of those last five times that university remarkably also had its baseball team advance to the, to the men's college world series, uh, Texas in 2003, LSU in 2004, Tennessee in 2005. So Arizona could become the fourth university uh, and the first in 16 years to have a, a team in the uh, women's final four, women's college world series, men's college world series, all in the same season. But like Jacob Berry said last week, one day, one game at a time starting this weekend, and it's not going to be easy. All right. So I'm going to ask you for a prediction for the baseball uh, regional. The first question is, will Arizona lose a game this weekend? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it, especially with baseball, it's, you know, it, they just lost to Dixie State a few days ago. They're better than Dixie State. They could probably beat them 9 out of 10, but in a three-game series, anything can happen. Uh, I think they're going to beat GCU the first game. Uh, maybe I should do the opposite. Maybe I should predict them they're going to lose everything because that seems to work better. Um, and the GCU did beat them up in Phoenix, but I think they'll find a way to beat GCU. And to your point, they play well at home, and they're going to have a full house, assuming that people are going to be willing to brave the heat. I know it's hot out now, but uh, it's going to be nice. They're going to actually have that that full fan support um, for the first time or the second time this season after last weekend. So, But I think at some point they're going to stumble. Um, I, I think if you want me to make a prediction, yeah, I think they'll probably survive the Tucson bracket, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think this team just has the it factor. They find ways to win. Um, like Jacob Berry mentioned last week as well, they, they just have that extra bit where – Regardless of the level of competition, they find a way to get that last second base hit or strike out. Their bullpen has been much better uh, the second half of the season than it was the first half. So there's that. Uh, their their pitching still overall is a bit shaky. Uh, you know, they actually have the worst ERA team ERA of all four teams in this in this draw. Now, obviously, Santa Barbara and GCU haven't played the level of competition that Arizona and OK State have, but still. Uh, but to, to, along with an answer to your question, uh, do I think they're going to advance out of the Tucson Regional? I know you didn't ask that one, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Yes, I think they will. Are they going to come out unscathed? Probably not. They're probably going to lose a game in there. If Arizona loses this weekend, I'm going to I'm going to say it now. And, and and Jay Johnson, I'm a big fan of Jay Johnson and and how he coaches. I would be stunned, and it would be a major disappointment, and the season would be a failure. If they don't make it past this weekend, I'm going to say it right now. I think they're going to win, and I think it's going to be a clean sweep. I think they're going to go three and zero this weekend. They're going to take care of business and move on. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Uh, best of luck to the women's team in Oklahoma City. Best of luck to the men's team in Tucson. 
If you are in Tucson, get out and support the men's team. Go buy tickets at High Corbett Field. Uh, Shane and I wish we could. Uh, if, we're, if, if we have a chance to go down there, we'd love to see it. Uh, it's just, you know, it would be awesome uh, to see that, that place full, and I expect nothing less. Uh, it should be great. Uh, it should be a great environment for all. I want to thank Taryn Moat McKinney again for joining us, uh, giving us a, pre a preview of the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City, plus her memories from 2007 and her incredible run there. And Shane, next week we'll get back to talking more of football, men's basketball, and all the rest. But uh, it's been a fun show. For my co-host Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. As always, bear down. <laughs> <laughs>